Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Bears on Tap. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at BDON300, and you can follow my co-host, Quinn, at Stats. Today, we're going to be recapping whatever the fuck it was that we just watched. 12-7 loss at Soldier Field in the pumpkin jerseys, in the traffic cones, and yeah, uh, it's not a question of, like, if there was an opportunity to win a game today, it's which opportunity do you want to look back and we can sit and dwell on it and I'll talk about it here because, like Quentin said before we started, plenty of opportunities in the first half, plenty of opportunities in the second half, players dropping the ball quite literally, punt returns, not catching you know easy passes that are uncovered, and honestly just a little bit of everything that we did not want to see and ultimately you, you lose the game by five points, but – Q, I'm not even going to ask you uh, how you're doing because I know I know how we're doing and that's not well. But like, where are you at with this game? Like, where do you want to go? Where do you want to start? Because I could look at it in so many different angles, but I'll, I'll let you take the torch on this one. There, are, there are two thoughts that I'm just stuck between. I can't decide. Like, part of me is sitting here saying, like, being reasonable and saying, like. You had your chances early, and you didn't capitalize on them, and it came back to bite you. You know, Justin missed, missed like the first the first touchdown. He he had commit. He was trying to throw low, which makes sense, but he goes too low with it. He just messed that up. Um, that one didn't upset me that that much because like it just happens. Uh, it's not like his read was wrong. It's not like. It was the easiest play ever. He just threw it too low. And then he misses Griffin in the end zone on the right. And that one hurt. That one hurt a lot because it was just so wide open. Um, and that's just a throw you got to make. And it's a throw I expect him to make in the future. You know, so that's, again, it's not a giant red flag to me that he missed that, but it hurts more just because it was so wide open. And then there's another part of me just like, the emotional side inside of me screaming, get this guy some help because he threw two touchdown passes on the final two plays and neither one was a touchdown. He took you, what What was that? 70, 60, 70 yards in a minute and then throws two touchdown passes, th- throws one, doesn't get the flag for PI that probably should have been called. That's fine. Ball has still hit the, ball still hit Dante Pettis' hands, both hands, not like, almost in reach hit his hands hit his palms and doesn't come down with it now i know there was contact but your professional receiver catch that ball it hits both your palms second and i mean i'm i'm very emotional right now and i'm very like i'm not trying to be out here roasting professionals at what they do no do it do it bro. i'm upset <laughs> yeah um and then he throws another one high points for for mooney beautiful throw exactly where you want it like all he has to do is catch that ball and it's a touchdown not bobble it but catch it on the first try and because he bobbled it it's not a touchdown and you know what too i didn't think about this he needs to catch it with his hands he let the ball come to him yeah yeah if you attack that ball you have to come back to the ball almost on that route like you literally have to curl in and come back to the ball and start running the route backwards to finish that off. Obviously not a million miles an hour. Cause as you saw, it didn't take much for him to be this fucking short of scoring yeah. a touchdown right there. But 
Yeah, when you watch a game like, like this, oh, go ahead. We're we're not talking about Randy Moss with Charles Tillman ripping the ball out of his hands. You know, the corner's hands weren't in the play. He just bobbled it, and that's it's just so damn frustrating to see go through the ups and downs of fields in this game because there there were a lot of downs and there were more ups than in any game I've ever seen from fields. Like I had him marked for 15 positive plays. That's the second most of any game in his NFL career. That, that I've tracked every game from him. He had the most plus plays, which if he makes a throw for a first down, like I'll mark screens as pluses, but like if he makes a throw beyond the sticks for a first down, if he, you know, runs for a first down or um, anything like that, comes in as a plus. He had 15 pluses in this game for me, including the two drop touchdowns. <laughs> and the yeah. only game that beat it was San Fran last year where he had 17 pluses. Now, he had six minuses, which is a lot more than his best games on film. But when you're doing that much good, I have a hard time knocking you for that much bad too. You know, it kind of, especially when it's not a bunch of turnovers that are bad. Yeah, and I think with Fields, it's you just got to kind of ride the hot hand when he's playing well, feed into that and give him more opportunities. And I think one thing that was just, I guess, agonizing and just painful to watch was that that original drive that they had to go down and take the lead after Washington took the lead after the Bayless Jones fumble. And it's like, okay, you know what you're going to get with Monty. You know Monty's going to move the sticks, but eventually – I mean, this is a game that you either needed a defensive touchdown, a special teams touchdown, or a touchdown off a broken play from 100 yards out because there was no fucking way that we were going to get into the red zone when the field shrinks and find a way past this defense. And this defense is not great, but for whatever reason or not, you're 0 for 3 in the red zone. You lose the game by five points. I said something in our group chat even – even just being a minimalist, right? Like if you don't throw an interception off some dude's face mask and you don't get turned over on downs, you have six points right there, very minimum, enough to win the game. Or yeah. enough for Washington, when they scored, they would just kick the extra point and we'd probably still be watching and then eventually it would just end in a tie. But instead, absolute chaos ensues. You get the stop that you need after Washington ran it down your throat with a guy that three months ago was in a hospital like not playing football because he was shot and he made us look like the, he Swiss cheesed us tonight. Like he absolutely like props to him. He had a touchdown. I think he had like 85, 90 yards. Carson Wentz, his hand was falling off his wrist in the second quarter. I don't think he threw for like 150 yards. So this was a game that it was, they knew we were going to run the football and we knew they were going to run the football, and it was just going to be a matter of maybe who had the ball last or who could get lucky on a turnover. And sure as shit, we hand them the ball on the five-yard line, second Bayless Jones fumble of the year. And that play outside of every other play in the game makes me the most mad because it's like, okay, maybe if you get the ball back right there, it's not guaranteed that you win, but you get an opportunity to get another drive and go down and score. Instead – it's quite possibly the most negative. I don't know how you grade your plays, but was that like the most negative play of the game? Do you grade special teams too? I don't do special teams just because it gets too complicated with a uh, with a play like that. Well, it's hard to see <laughs> what gunners are like like uh, on a pump on a on a punt. Say it's hard to say what gunners are. You know, creating the lane for the tackle to be made and the guy who's sticking in his lane. You know, and I just 
I don't know enough special teams to to yeah. truly grade effectively. Like I barely know enough on offense and defense to grade effectively. <laughs> so, and my grades are just plus minus. So just one, you know, binary one or one zero. Either way, Bayless Jones doesn't return another punt in his time with the Chicago Bears, and by all metrics, I think he's like thirty-two years old. So if he keeps playing like this, it's not going to be long. Yeah, I mean, I the guy has eighteen career punt returns before getting the NFL. I, I don't know why he's your locked-in punt returner when he doesn't have that much experience catching a uh, catching a punt return is very different than a kick return. You know, it's your your eyes are up and down and up and down and up and down. Is the guy close enough to me? Should I fair catch this? Should I let it bounce? Like, do I have blockers set up? There's so much more thought process to a punt return than a kick return. So if you don't have experience enough experience doing it. On top of playing in the NFL, probably has a few more jitters than playing in the SEC. It's close, but it's probably a few more and just enough to start fumbling them. Um, let, let someone else do the punt returns, you know? I mean, it's they're killing us right now. Two out of the last three weeks, they have absolutely killed us. Yeah, and I think, too, one of the things that can be looked at when you look at this team, maybe – more so on the offensive side of the football because defense, you have those vocal leaders and you have those veterans that have done, have been in playoff games, have gotten all pros, have set franchise records and stuff. And on offense, like who the fuck do we have that has done anything worth a shit in this league, right? Nobody. Hey, Lucas Patrick has a few playoff games. Well, we don't count those because they were in the wrong <laughs> team's jersey. I like the, uh, the Lucas Patrick's the Lucas Patrick push or whatever the fuck that was where he just like bear hugged fields and like got everyone off him in the middle of the pile. But yeah, quite possibly one of the most perplexing and disappointing losses that I can remember in in my time doing the show. And that is like 200 plus episodes. So that like hats off to us for just breaking me in every which way where once it got to the Valus Jones fumble, I was like, okay, well, we're off the phone for the rest of the game. Like, I'm not tweeting. I'm not looking at no messages from nobody. I'm locking in. I'm tackling on fourth downs, and I'm fighting for extra yards <laughs> in my family room. Like, get the fuck out of here. But it's, it's sad because in a season like this where, like you talked about, there was a lot of bad plays for Fields, but there was also quite a few good plays. There was plays where his receivers let him down. And when you are in an offense that's handicapped by the players in the offense, you cannot afford to have costly penalties. You cannot afford to drop passes. And you cannot afford to not come away with points when you get to the red zone. It doesn't matter if it's just three points. If you find six more points in this game, you're either in overtime or you win it. You know, so super frustrating stuff. Luke Getzey's still like – can you talk me off the Luke Getzey ledge, or are you also just like, yeah, this guy sucks too? I mean, does he? He schemed up two touchdowns in the first half, just fine. The Griffin and ones. The Griffin schemed one up, hurt. had two open touchdowns to end the game. I mean, we're talking we're talking about twenty one points left on the board. That's uh, if I don't know, I'm not a math guy, but that might have been enough to hit the over too. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, 
right now this offense is trying to cook a gourmet meal while shopping at Aldi. That's a great analogy. I mean, <laughs> it's true. And you see great individual performances, right? Like Khalil Herbert had a great game. He yeah. well, he had a 62-yarder to mm-hmm. get the game the started. Nice standing and, run. and then, too, like if you just look at the way he ran today, Khalil Herbert ran – it's just like a little bowling ball out there, right? Like he was pinballing off mm-hmm. people. That 62-yarder. I like the the new stat that they have, the next-gen stat, where it says, like, expected rush yards on this carry. And yeah. His expected rush yards on that carry was six yards, and he ends up finishing it with 60, 62. So to your point a little bit earlier about how Monty was just kind of running into dudes' assholes and then falling over, uh, Khalil Herbert was was running away and just dodging people yeah. and putting us in a better position to score, which we couldn't do. And defensively, like you did your thing. You, you created pressure with, with the front four. You had good blitzes by Roquan. Roquan hey. also got blocked by Carson Wentz. So there was also some negatives on there. They Alan Williams had a hell of a day. Yeah. I mean, cleaned it up nice. The, the, I love the blitzes he was drawing up on third down. I love that they recognized that Carson Wentz's big weakness on third down is he third down panics under pressure. Yeah, just pressure yeah. in general on third just, down. But his big problem is just third down. <laughs> um, I mean, they played the, the defense, they did their job today. Yeah. You know, Dude, I if mean, you hold no a team at 12 points in the NFL game, me, Kyler Gordon had a heck of a day. That's the yeah. one guy who really stood out to me, and Eddie Jackson. Eddie Jackson was flying around. The Dude, how about that hit that caused the fumble? Obviously yeah. an unlucky bounce that it fell right back into his hands. But yeah, the old Eddie Jackson is back, and that's kind of like what I'm talking about. So I think this guy's better than the old Eddie Jackson. Yeah, because he hits hard now, and he, he's not yeah. afraid. Like Before, he was just more of the playmaker. He's going to create the turnovers. Now he's a little bit smarter about when to come in and just lay that boom, and he's been mm-hmm. very good at his tackling and I can remember a time where we'd hop on this show. And I don't think we used to have comment section, but people would would comment like in the the tweet and say Eddie Jackson doesn't tackle and all this shit. And now it's just it's great to see people eat their words. But well and like my uh my my dude Robert Schmitz has been like he he's been standing for Eddie for a while now. And I, I've been kind of with him of like his his play doesn't show up in the stat sheet the last few years as well as you'd like, but like he was taking stuff away. But this year, he's what's holding this all together. Like, yeah, he is. There are so many times this year that Eddie has prevented a forty yard run by holding it to fifteen because everyone else in front of him couldn't couldn't get the stop, and Eddie had to like. Well, it's, it's and like, that's sure, the it's most fifteen yard run. It doesn't look good on the stat sheet that the guy got a fifteen yard run, but Eddie's the one who kept it from getting another 30, 40 yards. No, but the most important part of your statement was Eddie had to. You don't want yeah. your safety to have to tackle anyone. They need to be tackled before that. So if it gets to Eddie, obviously last line of defense, you want him to make the tackle. But a majority of the times, you don't want anybody to get to that level, right? And right. yeah, so some of the ugly, so like. Roquan got blocked by Carson Wentz. I'm sure we'll hear about that for the next 11 days because we don't play again until Monday night football against the hoodie and uh, his cronies. Hopefully, is that in Foxborough too? Yep. Oh, that's sick, sick shit, dude. I'm not excited for that game. And then, too, it's just going to be 
another late night like pain fest for us at like 11 where we're just like yeah uh 19 uh 19-16 game had our chances it's all it's deja vu but yeah i fell flat on my face i don't know anything about football i thought this was a game that we would have had the opportunity to score 30 points and i guess i do kind of know something about football we just suck at it because like you said 21 points left on the board or however which way you want to cut it. Maybe it's a couple field goals and a touchdown, but three trips to the red zone, zero points, and I believe we lost the turnover margin. You're probably not supposed to win those games regardless of what level of football it is, right? Yeah. I mean, they needed to get the ball out more, but they only gave up 12 points. I mean, You got to be able to win those games, you know? Yeah. I mean, just – I'm so – I'm so all over the place with this game. Like the O line looked good in the first half. It was Got like, okay, this is, if this is the way they're going to play. We we have some like so. I had the O line with eight plus plays and ten minus plays in pass blocking, and any other like that's not you know they they obviously had more than eighteen pass blocking plays. Everything else was just neutral to me. It wasn't good. It wasn't bad. It was just kind of eh. um, yeah. and run blocking. I had them with eight plus plays and 11 minus plays at halftime. This was like six and three on each of these. The second half was just that the O-line fell apart. Yeah. They gave up uh, five total sacks is what it said for a loss of 36 yards. And does that include, is that all sacks or? Yeah. So it says it next to, to field his numbers by his like, Right okay. after the interceptions, because uh, so, got sacked. Well, I, I only had one. I only had one on fields, like as his fault. Um, and I, I think that was the one that he he kind of stepped up in the pocket. And I honestly thought his knee got blown into oblivion. I was like, oh dear. Uh, no, I didn't put that one on him because the pressure was right. Like, you know, if the way the way I, I I grade it typically is like, if he hits the top of his drop and he has a free runner in his eyesight coming at him up the middle, that's not on him. Yeah. You know, it's like that. It might have been three seconds to get through a deep drop, but there's a guy coming right up the middle untouched. You know, it's that that's not his fault. And any reasonable quarterback is going to bail at that or throw it away. But either way, they're, you know. Um, and there were a lot of quite a few of those tonight. Because Rivera knows we're weak up the middle, you know, <laughs> so yeah. he brings pressure up the middle. Well, I mean, dude, at a certain point, and and I saw a stat right after the half, we were two DPIs away from having the same score that this game had in 1933, 0-0 zero zero at the half. So that was just kind of the state of what we've been watching in the NFL this year with with these type of games, right? Like the week before on Thursday Night Football, we watched the Broncos just absolutely shit all over their fucking leg trying to do trying trying to score and win a game late. And yeah. for whatever for whatever reason or not, like n- not just a Bears thing, offenses in the NFL this year have been fucking awful. So I was watching college. I had a college game on one screen, an NFL our game on the other screen. I had Baylor West Virginia, which was like an 84 point game 
okay? And I'm like, in this game, I was like, I need them to keep scoring and I need them to play a little bit defense. And in the Bears game, I need the Bears to just finally score and then to continue to play defense. None of it happened. We're here. We're going to be here, win, lose, or draw. And this team is so bad that they might draw at some point this year. But fuck, man. Like, I did not think there was any scenario going into this game that we would lose this game. And then when you lay out all the events of this game, you lay out the first half, the, you know, missed opportunity with uh, with Griffin. You throw the the face mask. The, uh, I can't even say it. The face mask pick. Such an unlucky, unlucky play, right? Just an unlucky right. pick. Trying to hit Cole Komet over the middle. Smacks off the guy with the fucking triple bar with the center beam face mask. So it hit a fucking funny bounce. And it ends up in another fat dude's hands. Just a super weird play all over. And then at the end, I mean, ball just didn't fall our way. You got to make plays. We don't have the Jimmys and Joes. Sometimes we don't have the X's and O's. And it's, it's getting aggravating because if you look at it, like this is a team that could very well be four and two, right? Like instead we're two and four. Obviously we didn't have great expectations for this year. But when you're in games, especially against teams that, like, going into this game, if you ask people in NFL circles who was the team that would either most likely win this game or or has at least performed better to this point of the season, nine out of ten people are saying the Bears. Yeah. And, yeah, we just suck. Like, I don't know how else to cut it. I – I, I will try to remain positive for the for the good things we saw, like field with the 50-yard run to put us in the position to win. But like like I said at the, at the top of the hour, you almost want him to just finish that in the end zone. I know it wasn't possible for him given the way he was chased down, but the way this game was going, our red zone offense might as well have been 11 dudes from on tap and just give us like Mike McDaniel or Kyle Shanahan and we'll figure it out. I, I was really nervous when he didn't didn't finish that in the end zone because there was a, there was a quote from an NFL scout this, this preseason about the bears. That was like, they're going to play hard. They're going to be in a lot of one score games and their offense will be fine between the twenties, but in the red zone, so that's where the diff, that's where the playmakers come. Like that's where, that's where you need guys to win one-on-one matchups. You need guys to make plays and the bears just don't have those guys. Yeah, I'm going to look it up right now by team. I don't know if it'll be as updated as tonight. Saying, what's the date today? The 13th? Oh, my God. There's no way it is because it has us as the 13th best red zone offense. And there's I mean, they, they schemed some, some stuff up well early in the year in the red zone, but, like, it's kind of falling apart these last few weeks. Yeah. And – I mean, even you can go back to last week against Minnesota, like not being able to finish drives. Ultimately, you don't have enough points to win the game at the end. But in a season like this where it's supposed to be about growing with your young players and seeing them in those moments, like Field stepped up. I was happy with what I saw from him uh, on that final drive to put us in position to win the game. He made the throws, like you said, but – he didn't get help. And at the end of the day, like, this team will never, like, we're not going to win anything or be, like, an even serious franchise, right? Like, we're 
we're an unserious franchise if you look at it just by is this team serious or unserious it's a very simple metric right like we don't give a fuck Binary. about it yeah we don't get yeah no literally positive negative serious unserious <laughs> we don't fucking care about winning football we don't care about anything other than tradition right like we're going to keep the same jerseys this is the first time we've worn a different helmet in our entire existence al michaels even made a joke about it he's like 133 years or whatever ever since i don't even know i'm not good at math old people that were along were along for a lot more of the bears years don't come for me when i got the years wrong but this is a team that and where i'm going all the way off the rails put a tinfoil hat on they just need like a breath of fresh air like a new identity right because we've watched our parents have watched our grandparents have watched their parents have watched the same bears team like year in and year out for its entire existence handicapped on offense can maybe have a year or two every now and then they have a good offense and have a good defense and it's just like i know we talk shit to joey because he's an iowa football fan but i can only imagine like maybe watching iowa football might have been better than what we watched today because the opportunities that are left on the board and then you see how close of a game is it, it is at the end of the game. Like you talked about those one possession games. It's, it's literally just insanity. Like by definition where you're just like, okay, let's get ready for another bears game. We're going to be competitive. We'll have a chance to win. Boom. We lose by six points. Fucking game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, just hurts, man. Like yeah. get get the guy some help. I'm he looked helpless out there. Broken record right now, but like one, two, three, four, counting four drops. Guy put up 280 yards of total offense and had four drops from his receivers and the bobbled final touchdown. Five plays away, he probably would have had. He would have had. I mean, he threw for what 190. Yeah, 190 and ran for not, almost 90. He had 87 on the ground, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like what we talked about on the pregame, right? Like, you know what you're going to get with Justin Fields. He's not going to go out there and surrender. He's going to empty the bucket trying to win a football game. But to be honest, dude, short week, he looked beat the fuck up out there. Like, I was actually legitimately concerned for his health, the way he was getting up after a few of those and I dropped a tweet where I'm like, yeah, like, is it me or does Justin Fields, like, play better after he just gets smoked? Like, when he oh, just yeah. gets when he just gets fucking drilled in a game, he comes back and just plays better than, like, before he got cracked. And it's wild. But he's a I warrior. Mean, I, think, I, I don't think that's rare, if I'm being honest. Like, I, I don't like, like pissed off. I remember Jay Cutler saying he didn't feel like he was playing until he got hit. I remember yeah. like Andrew Luck was the definition I mean, even, of it. Andrew Luck needed the pain and the impact to, yeah. to go out there and execute. It was like a you go into fight or flight mode, you know? Yeah. Andrew and these Luck, guys, these guys go into fight mode. They don't go they Andrew don't Luck run. needed the pain and now he needs a fucking walker to get to the broadcast yeah. booth. But yeah. <laughs> to each but his yeah. own like <laughs> I don't think it's completely rare. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, we're both going to be broken records. It fucking sucks. Like, there's no other way to cut it. Today was a very winnable football game. 
even if you go down to the punt right before, like you get the stop right. I went to I went up to take a piss, and I come back and I'm like, oh, they're going for it. Like, okay, I still like our chances to stop them. And then you get the the punt that Valus Jones fumbled, and then you're sitting there and you're like, okay, well, two things are about to happen. You about to give a field goal or a touchdown. Can't even be mad at giving up the touchdown on the defense. Like, that's not even their touchdown. Yeah. Like, that should not go against them. You know what I'm saying? Because what defense in the league is going to stop someone where, you know, when you get the ball to start your possession, it is first and goal. So the the, the, mo- the most you could put on them is four points because it's an automatic field goal. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm thinking, like, yo, maybe if we can stop them. If, and if you stop them for a field goal there – Obviously, again, not on the defense. I would, I would have expected uh, Virginia McCaskey to fly down from the fucking skybox to tackle someone on the one. But <laughs> you hold them to a field goal there. You only need a field goal from Cairo Santos, and they got, in the, they got pretty close to position. And even the first drive that they fucked up on, you could have called a couple better plays to get yourself closer to kick a field goal in that position. If they kick field goals as soon as they hit the twenty, they win this game. Dude, so I forgot what <laughs> all right, hold on. Hold on. It's been a long night, but I forgot what podcast I was listening to. And uh they basically said like that same thing where it's like if you just like they they were using Justin Tucker as the uh metric yeah. where it's just like once you get into range, if you just kick a field goal with him every single time you're in his range, like you're probably still gonna go like nine and seven. Yeah, like, like middle <laughs> middle of the road offenses are like fifty percent in the red zone, right? Yeah, if you just played soccer with Justin Tucker on an American football field and just told him to go drill field goals, like, yeah, cause I I bet it's something like if you if you're above if you're like below forty five percent in the red zone and, and you hit a hundred percent of those field goals, like you're probably break even doing that. Yeah, and also too, uh, I heard another thing too where. Uh, People across the pond are making fun of the way that we score uh, football. Like, so, you know how people always say, like, soccer, like, their sports are boring because they're low scoring. But if you really really think about today's game, it was three to one, commanders. But we add all these extra points because we're just fancy, and that's how we do our sports. We add extra points. But that's a degree of randomness, man. That's exactly. What makes it fun. And that's where you get scorigami, too. You get, I mean, 12 7 is probably a scorigami, too. I'll have to, I mean, I'll what, have to is look fo- up. Is football the only sport that's like this? It is, it yeah, is. because hockey, hockey's one point, uh, basketball's two, three, one, two, three. Uh, baseball's one unless you smack like a home a couple like a two or three run homer, but it's one at a time. So why is a touchdown six? So touchdown is six because it's two like that's double a field goal, right? Yeah. So where did the extra point even come from? Like why is that a thing? I want to know. But when we come back to you guys midweek next week, we're gonna do a science project on where the extra point came into play because <laughs> when you really break it down, like. This was quite possibly the ugliest football game in the in this season, and we've seen some fucking duds. Like that game last week with the Broncos Colts, that was just equally as bad. But if you really break it down, we score one time in this entire game, one time. And in what sport do you know that you can score one time and win a game? 
when you're down by five. <laughs> I was going to say Big Ten, Big Ten football, but yeah. We'll and then, like, up. what? Why is a safety two? You know, dude. You know what's going to happen? And to if us? you, I if, thought we were going to get the safety at the end too, and then get another yeah. chance. And I'm like, this would be my personal hell if we got the safety <laughs> and they they just trotted Fields back out there, but at no. like twenty five. You know what personal Thursday night football hell would be? They get the safety, go kick a field goal, go to overtime. Yeah. No, and that's that's literally what would have happened because you know we would not have gotten a walk-off touchdown. Let's see. Joey's at 99 passing yards and zero end points. 0-1 in a different helmet band. Both teams felt Smith Marsets. Joey, I hate that your Wi-Fi went out because I would have liked for you to be here for the pain hour because – I will say this definitively as you stare at my new home since the Bears just obliterated my fucking betting account tonight. But, like, this is going to be the worst loss that we see all season, right? Because you go into the game. I think this is the first game all season, too. You can blame us for having such high expectations. And I guess you could say, like, a level of confidence. Like, hey, this is one of those ones that you're supposed to win. We go in and do what we're supposed to do. We should win this game. And there were times that we did do what we were supposed to do. But those times were not in the red zone. And that is the reason why we're on the wrong side of this one. So, Yeah. Um, I got a few thoughts to run through. Um, I, I, have, I have a lot of notes in front of me. But a few that are highlighted. Um, so... At the end of the third quarter, there was a there was a stat that got thrown up there that Fields was eleven of fourteen with one hundred sixty four yards and a touchdown against zone coverage, and zero for five with two sacks against man coverage, and that really stuck out to me because it, it just it created a lot of questions for me. Like, is that because he doesn't trust his receivers to separate from man coverage? Or is it because Washington is in man coverage when they're blitzing and he's under pressure like that? Or is it because he doesn't handle the blitz well? And I, it's just some, some things that I'm going to have to look deeper into there. Um, but ultimately, you're achieving nothing by not throwing the football in those spots, right? By taking By taking a sack, by running out of bounds for zero yards or one yard or whatever it might be you're achieving nothing. Like you have to let it rip either way. Um, maybe it's that he, he doesn't know NFL open against man coverage very well. You know, there, there's a lot of things it could be. And I hate to hate to throw him into some category without like feeling pretty confident in what it is, but it was just, that was really interesting to me because zone coverage is the easier one or the harder one. Right. Man coverage is the easier one to recognize where to throw, when to throw. Zone coverage is the harder one to read. And you know they're changing up coverages. They're changing up, you know, cover two, cover three, cover four, cover six, cover eight, cover twenty-two, whatever you whatever you're gonna throw it in. And they and they were sending pressure too. They were yeah. sending extra pressure. Ron Rivera doesn't like he doesn't just give you it, you know. He's a former linebacker, Super Bowl he's, champ. He's from the '85 Bears, man. He knows how to change it up. Fucking, Super Bowl fucking champ. Yeah, and you know he wanted to win this game. Like this is 
I mean, they're they're going to be terrible. They're going to be in the top ten for draft picks, probably a couple positions ahead of us. So, you know, the way Riverboat Ron is, this was his like Super Bowl. He's like, he's not coming. I know he's been back to Soldier Field since, obviously, uh, when he was with the Panthers. But anytime he comes to Soldier Field, as it being the same hallowed ground that he played his NFL career on, he's going to want to win every time he comes back here. And you got to be on yeah. your A game against Ron because he is still but- a, a damn good coach. But you know how a lot of quarterbacks beat man coverage? They toss it up to, to uh, Devontae Adams. They toss it up to A.J. Brown. They toss it up to DeAndre Hopkins or Terry McLaurin. Yeah. Or, um, Terry was getting name a little busy. Name a receiver. Yeah, Terry was getting a little busy tonight. I'm curious to go back and look if those were against man coverage. I think they may have been. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, really, that's kind of where I'm circling back to is, like. It's the NFL. Does, does, it, does a number one receiver make Justin Fields better at, man, at beating man coverage? I think it does. When he's, when he's ripping up zone coverage like this, 11 of 14 for 164 yards, and zone coverage is the harder one to figure out, to get down, to start to recognize and feel and understand as a quarterback. Makes me start to say, Justin Fields is far from the biggest problem on this offense. Very, very far from it. Yeah, because, like you said, dude, you need someone that in that situation, in that third down and goal from the five, or in that fourth down and goal yeah. from the five, that you could literally just put the ball in the fucking air, and that person will come down with it. All you have to do hey, is put it in their catch radius. Put it in the, the area. The great Kyler Murray once said, Fuck it, D hops down there somewhere. Literally, dude. I used to just scream when I was a little kid. Put it in the up. Put it in the up. And yeah, I mean, Darnell Mooney's supposed to be that guy for us. He's supposed to be one A. He is our number one receiver. And obviously, the loss does not fall on you know solely on him. There's a lot of other opportunities. Yeah, the loss about. falls solely on no individual. It falls on everybody, right? Yeah, it falls on everybody because there's quite a few. I mean. I can probably count more than five opportunities that directly cost us this game, but the combination of all of them. And then the fact that we were literally like the length of like the cap of this water bottle away from winning the football game. Like, Holy yeah. fuck dude. And I'm sitting there thinking too, cause like you see it in real time, you see him get rolled over and you're like, he rolled over the pylon. That's a touchdown. Right, like he rolled yeah. over the pylon, and the first thing that popped into my mind was the refs in the end zone in Seattle when they had the replacements. And I'm like, oh great, like this is gonna go to a lengthy review. They're just gonna sit here, and then at the end of it, just rip my heart from my chest. Luckily, they made it a quicker process, and obviously, you know, Darnell was not in the end zone. But if that's if that's AJ Brown or if that's a DK Metcalf or a receiver that maybe is a little bit stronger. They're falling into the end zone. Darnell Mooney, just by nature, is not a big guy. And in that situation, like, who the fuck would we even go to? They, they didn't throw to Cole Komet after the first quarter. Ryan Griffin had his chance, and he's shown that he can score touchdowns in this NFL. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. what your preconceived notions are about Ryan Griffin. Like, in our offense, anybody can get the job done, and he's shown uh, that he could be one of those guys that could get a random touchdown here or there. Obviously, at that point in the game, the trust in Bayless Jones is out the window. And for some reason or not, we keep trusting Amir Smith-Marset in crunch minutes. And it's just not winning football. It's not a recipe for winning football. None of it is. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, this honestly, even even if still losing, the feeling from this game is just so different. If Fields just hits that layup to Ryan Griffin, you know. Oh yeah. Well, then like, you have a lead the whole first half. Yeah. You know, you got something to build on, and yeah, when it rains, it pours, and I mean, the team total yeah, we talked about was nineteen and a half. They should have had fucking twenty eight to thirty five points yeah. in this game. Yeah. I'm all for Quentin Johnson from TCU. He's got a great first name. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, dude. Dick Buckus is, is probably just sitting there staring at his screen. Dick is sitting there staring at his screen, just like, what the fuck did we just I'm win? about to I'm about to pull a Coughlin and sit in a dark room all night drinking whiskey. So uh yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. I gotta work tomorrow like all day. I gotta work in the morning and then I gotta work at the radio station tomorrow night. So I'm just like Yeah. Give me, give me my twenty-four hours before I have to head into must-win uh, territory for my one and five NIU Huskies, and then I get a little bit of a break with Notre Dame Stanford. But you know, seventeen-point favorite, surely nothing can go wrong in that game. So our Bears so, brought us to the brink of extinction tonight. Though I was ready to just not press the red button to start this stream, dude. Fuck this game. Oh, I've I've got a question for you here. And I'm stealing this a little from a PFF Brad on Twitter, but Ryan P created this. Which Ryan P do you blame more? Uh, I'll go polls, dude. I don't like polls. I, no other reason other than I just don't like polls. I don't like like the team that he put around Fields. I don't think they really made like a concerted effort in the off season to make this team uh, a competitor, right? Like, and you look at this team; it's sixty three percent new guys, yeah, sixty three percent. And we're sitting here looking at receiver sets with Dante fucking Pettis, Equinamius St. Brown, uh, Darnell Mooney, who was already here and obviously not a polls guy. But I just think like you made a bunch of mid level signings. Like you said, you went to Aldi and you got all the mid and you, you brought it home and you brought the girl that you've been talking to home and you're like, yeah, I, I made us this super nice dinner. And the second you put it on a plate, she's just like, oh, oh, hell no. Like that, that is not gourmet food. Like what, what is that? And then it's just a gift that I sent to the group chat just from uh <laughs> From whatever fucking movie that was for the guys just puking on himself. Like, that's literally what this game was, dude. Where I'm sitting there, like, at halftime, like, okay, I got to walk the dog. I I actually laughed a little bit because I'm just like, surely it couldn't be this bad. But it was. And the best part about it is, guess what? It's over. So we are on to New England. I, and I, this is by no means me me standing for Ryan Poles, but yeah. I have to disagree just because I don't think Poles did a good job this offseason. I think he needed to get more help early in the draft for the offense. Yeah. And Double really, defense. I mean, that that's probably about all he could have done more. Ultimately, I mean, you can't force free agents to sign with you. You know, and we're not a desirable location for free agents. Not right now. No. Um, And 
if you're going to go the Jacksonville route and overpay these guys like crazy, I mean, Bears have what seven million in cap space right now. So, I don't really buy that. There's a lot that they could have done to overpay a guy to come in here without having just not had requisite talent behind them or depth on the roster in general. They could have completely tanked the defense for the offense. Like, but when you hired Eberflus, I think that option was kind of out the door. And really when you're looking at it, 30% of this team's cap space is going to players who are not on this team. The Bears are working with 70% of the cap this year. Yeah. Paying like the people that aren't there. Khalil Max got $24 million cap hit for the Bears this year. Nick Foles has an eight seven point six million dollar cap hit for the Bears what, this year. Does Dalton have one too? Andy Dalton's got a five million dollar cap hit for the Bears this year. Eddie Goldman, five million. Jimmy Graham, four point six. Tariq oh. Cohen, four point three. Charles Leno has a $3 million cap hit, and he no, hasn't we were, played here in two years. No, we paid him to beat us tonight. He yeah. sucks at football. Trevathan, Edwards Jr., Effetti, Gibson, Atawachu, Jesse James. There. No, Haha's not in here. Riley Ridley's still taking on 170000 of our cap. Yeah, and you know that shit's going straight. I mean, that's, that's that pennies, going but straight like, to FanDuel. All these backloaded contracts the last two years, all this desperation to try to keep selling the Bears as a contender in 2020 and 2021 has just created this situation that you cannot win in. Now, do I think they should have not won in a way that supports the QB better? Yes, but they'd still be losing games. And that, that's really all yeah. my, my point here. Um I think they could have done better by fields, but ultimately this is what happens when you have, you have a GM who's going in there backloading a bunch of contracts and selling tomorrow for today when you don't have a QB in place who is worth it. Yeah. And it's like, even look at a team like Washington, right? Like they're not a good team by any stretch in the NFL, but if you just look at their playmakers, right? If you put a Terry McLaurin and a Gibson and a Robinson and a Curtis Samuel on the bears, a little bit different, right? Yeah. So, um, okay, maybe not Robinson and Gibson as much because our backs are fucking solid, but more so the Honestly, I'd more are. argue their O-line. They just have vets vets who are solid on their O-line who aren't jokes at the position. Not jokes, but aren't like aren't backup caliber players. How about my, that was how, that was not okay to say. But oh yeah, yeah. Well Sam Mustafer will get us shadow banned from every form of media. But how about his flop, man? That was nice. That was beautiful. I'm actually excited nice. to go back and cut that clip and like yeah. just laugh at it. That's that was, gonna be I, very, I thought that was hysterical. A very memeable photo, but yeah, dude, like I'm sick to my stomach about how like it's one thing to lose a game, right? You're going to lose. You're not going to win every game that you're a fan of your team for. And uh, losing is a part of the show, unfortunately. It's been a bigger part of the show than winning. I think uh, since I've started this show, we've had one playoff or two playoff years. And one of them was the Nickelodeon game, so we don't really count that. But this year is not going to be a playoff year. Uh, we're running out like of time. That, but that, that feeds into what I'm saying about pace, though. All that oh, yeah, back-selling – 
for a wild card game that you just got destroyed in, you know? Yeah, and then they didn't even give him a chance to kick the extra point to cover. Mortifying. That's right. Morti- mortifying shit, dude. They finally scored a touchdown as time expired. And uh, Jimmy Graham ran off into the sunset. Yeah, dude. I was like, what just happened? And it was against the Saints, too. But yeah, dude. Two and four, six games through the season, about a little over a third of the way through the season. And again, same thing that I said after last week. We still really don't know who we are as a team. We don't really have an identity. Like, it's just kind of desperately try to score points. It doesn't really matter how we get them because we don't get a lot, no matter which game it is. Like, they just are a, a point-deficient team. And, I mean, I guess the thing that they're going to have to work the most in the 11 days that they have off is, you know, maybe, maybe on Sunday when – when there's two real teams that play each other. And when I say real teams, I mean, have everyone sit in a room and lock the doors in the auditorium and watch out Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes carve the other team's defense in the red zone and then try to do some of that shit in practice. I don't fucking know. But (laughs) what we saw in the red zone tonight isn't going to cut it against a defense that's even worse than Washington. And the only thing I'm happy with out of all the decisions I made tonight outside of having spaghetti for dinner, is I started the Bears defense, fantasy, did all right, did their job. As a, as the, the head coach of my team, all I can say is the Bears defense did me a solid. They did not, you know, get smoked by Carson Wentz, which if we would have lost this game via the, like, Carson Wentz had a master class, I honestly would probably be more mad than I am right now. Yeah. But only 12 points. No matter what level of football you play, like I said, you should be able to win those games, and today we were not able to get it. Do you have any final thoughts? You know, we're just on to New England. Yeah, we are on to New England. Hold on, let me me roll my fucking sleeves up. (laughs) On to New England, yeah. Um, Players of the game, let's just say – Nobody, because uh, at some point or not, you made a mistake that was costly. We could just say Fields, but then if we said Fields, I mean, then... I, I'm giving it to Fields. He left everything in his in his soul out on that field tonight, dude. He got destroyed. I thought he. I thought he, died I thought like he was going to leave. I think he, he might leave Soldier Field in a wheelchair tonight. It's just a picture. I don't know how he had how he could run 50 yards on a broken leg, like. Dude, his like leg, Greg Jennings out. Uh, there. His leg snapped in a way that you should not ever see a leg snap. So yeah, I can agree with that. But yeah, quite possibly the most frustrating of wins that maybe we've ever had since we started this show. And the Bears lose it twelve to seven at home on Thursday Night Football with Kirk Herbstreit and Al Michaels making fun of us the whole time. Uh, get Kirk Herbstreet off of NFL broadcast. He has no business doing it. And honestly, like, I really try not to be – I really not – sorry, my dog is trying to get into something that he's not supposed to get into, so I had to let him hear it real quick. But Kirk Herbstreet, he doesn't know the game like NFL broadcasters do. You hear him constantly go back to the crutch of, like, what this person did in college and how he can relate stuff to college. 
And I just think that if you're going to force these Thursday night football games on us, do it the right way. Amazon Prime, I've seen nothing but complaints about from people. Luckily, I watched the game on Fox locally today. So I wish it would have had a local broadcast, but have some fucking pride. Kirk Herbstreit is a guy that wears way too many hats, and he does a great job at college football. He's great at what he does in that realm. But this is a guy that's not in the same state for more than 16 hours because he's always fucking doing something. So maybe just hire someone that has more time to do the game research to actually fucking call these games and let it rot. Because love Herbie on a, on a Saturday night as I'm just getting pounded on a college football bet, a little bit better than Beth Moen's. But on a Thursday night football game, especially where it's like your team, it hits a different level of frustration where it's just like, fuck, dude. I could have called this game better than Kirk Herbstreet is right now. Yeah. I mean, I'm just – I'm all for banning Thursday night football altogether. How many injuries do we see tonight? Player safety, dude. It's terrible. You know how many people, like – yeah. I mean, honestly, after the Tua game, after the Tua injury, there should have just never been a Thursday night football game ever. Like, yeah. So, that's where we're at. Ban Thursday night football. Ban the orange jerseys. Ban Ron Rivera from returning to Soldier Field unless it's like a, a celebration of greatness because he got us a Super Bowl. And ban uh, Bears on tap for the next five days or six days because it's a, it's a weekend off. Bears fans, you also have the weekend off. Hopefully you all win your fantasy football matchups and you all win your bets and you can enjoy some uh, quality football on Sunday because what we watched tonight was not what we wanted to see from our team. That's the reason why we didn't win this one. But like we always say, we'll be back with you guys in the middle of the week next week to get you guys ready for the New England game. Say we might even wait until Thursday because it's a Monday night game. And then, too, obviously we'll be back with you guys on the other side of that one. But this was Bears on Tap presented to you by On Tap Sportsnet. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at BDON300. You can follow Quentin at ButkusStats. Hopefully the Bears can lick their wounds and find a way to win a football game next week against New England. But like Quentin says, got 24 hours to weep about this one, and we are on to New England. I added that first part, so don't don't give Quentin credit for the for the weeping <laughs> part. But like it says in his name, if you're in here on the stream, we are on to New England, and hopefully it's a little bit prettier out there in Foxborough. We'll be back to you guys in the middle of the week, and bear down. Bear down. <laughs>